Welcome back Fanny Octaviani channel. I am Fanny Octaviani and this my second podcast for extensive reading for assessment. On our second podcast, you're gonna listen to one story with fiction about judge's house with horror genres. Maybe you have been listening or read this story before. Other than that, I hope the story is interesting and entertaining you. Well, I've got a story from English E-ReaderNet online website with the title of The Judge's House by Bram Stoker. Okay, let's listen to the story. Make sure to be with me till end. It was April and John Moore was studying for an important examination. As the date of the exam came nearer, he decided to go somewhere and read by himself. He did not want the amusement of the seaside or the beauties of the countryside. He decided to find a quiet, ordinary little town and walk there undisturbed. He packed his suitcases with clothes and books. Then he looked in a railway timetable for a town that he did not know. He found one and booked a ticket to go there. He did not tell anyone where he was going. After all, he did not want to be disturbed. That is how more arrived at Benchard. It was a market town, and once a week it was quite busy for a few hours. The rest of the time, it was a very quiet, sleepy little place. Moore spent his first night at the only hotel in the town. The landlady was very kind and helpful, but the hotel was not really quiet enough for him. The second day, he started looking for a house to rent. There was only one place that he liked. It was more than quiet. It was deserted and very lonely. It was a big, old 17th century house. It had tiny windows like a prison, and a high brick wall all around it. It would be hard to imagine a more unwelcoming place, but it suited more perfectly. He went to find the local lawyer who was responsible for the house. Mr. Conford, the lawyer, was very happy to rent the house to him. And he glad to let you have it free, he said. Just to have somebody living it again after all these years, it's been empty so long that people have spread a lot of foolish stories about it. You will be able to prove that the stories are wrong. He came away from the lawyer's office with the case of the house in his pocket. He then went to Mrs. Ward, the landlady of the hotel. I'm reading a house for a few weeks, he said. Can you advise me about shopping, please? What do you think I shall need? Where are you going to stay, sir? The landlady asked. Moore told her. She threw up her hands in horror. Not the judge's house, she said. And she grew pale as she spoke. He asked her to tell him more about the house. Why is it called the judge's house, he said. And why doesn't anyone want to live in it? Well, sir, she said, a long time ago. No, I don't know how long. A judge lived there. 
He was a hard, cruel judge, sir, a real hanging judge. He saw it no mercy to anyone. But as for the house itself, well, I can't say. I'm often asked, but nobody could tell me for certain. She found it hard to explain. The general feeling in the town was that there was something strange about the judge's house. As for me, sir, she said, I won't stay there alone, not for all the money in the bank. Then she apologized to more. I'm sorry to worry with you, sir. Really, I am. But if you were my son, I wouldn't let you stay there one night on your hour. I'd go there myself and pull the big alarm bell that's on the roof. More worked without stopping until about 11 o'clock. Then he put some more wood on the fire. He also made a pot of tea. He was enjoying himself very much. The fire was burning brightly. The firelight danced on the old oak walls and threw strange shadow around the room. His teeth tasted excellent, and there was nobody to disturb him. Then, for the first time, he noticed how much noise the rats were making. Suddenly, he looked up. Something had disturbed him, but he did not know what it was. He sat up and listened. The room was silent. That was it. The noise of the rats had stopped. That's what disturbed me said more with a smile he looked around the room and saw an enormous rat it was sitting on the great height like a chair by the fire and it was staring at him with head in at small red eyes more picked up a book and threatened it to throw it but the rat did not move it saw it is great white teeth angrily and its quick eyes shone mercilessly in the lamplight. That was it. The noise of the red had stopped. It. That's what disturbed me, said Moore with a smile. He looked around the room and saw an enormous red. It was sitting on the great high bagged chair by the fire. And it was staring at him with head in and small red eyes. Moore picked it up. A book and threatened it to throw it, but the red did not move. It saw it as great white teeth angrily, and its cruel eyes shone mercilessly in the lamplight. Why? You cried more. We pick up the poker from the fireplace and jump it up. Before he could hit the red, however, it jumped to the floor with a squeak. It ran up the rope of the alarm bell and disappeared in the darkness. Strangely, the squeaks and scratches of the rats in the walls began again. Moore looked up and saw the great rat coming down toward him. It was staring at him with help. Moore dropped the rope and jumped back with a cry. The rat turned, ran up the rope again and disappeared. At the same moment, Moore realized that he noise of the other rats had begun again. Very well, my friend, said Moore. Let's investigate your hiding place. He lit the other lamp. He remembered that the rat had disappeared inside the third picture on the right. 
He picked up the lamp and carried it across to the picture. He almost dropped the lamp. He stepped back at once, and the sweet of fear was upon his pale face. His knees shook. His whole body trembled like a leaf. But he was young and brave, and he moved forward again with his lamp. Mr. Dimster had dusted and washed the picture, and more could now see it quite clearly. It showed a judge. He had a cruel, clever, merciless face with a big curved nose and very bright, hard eyes. As more looked into those eyes, he realized that he had seen that look before. The great red eyes were exactly the same. They held the same look of head and crudely. Then the noise of the rest stopped again, and more became conscious of another pair of eyes looking at him. The great red was staring at him from the hole in the corner of the picture, but more took no notice of the creature and continued to examine the picture. The judge was sitting in a great high-backed oak chair on the right hand side of a greystone fireplace. In the corner, a rope hung down from the ceiling. With a feeling of horror, Maury designed the room where he now stood. He looked around as if he expected to see another presence there. Then he looked across to the corner of the fireplace. He froze with fear and the lamp fell from his trembling hand. There, in the judge's chair, sat the red. The rope hung behind, exactly as it did in the picture. The red looked at more with the same merciless stare as the judge in the picture. But there was a new, triumphant look in the small red eyes. Everything was silent except for the storm outside. The lamp took more desperately. Fortunately, it was a metal one, and the oil had not caught fire. However, he had to put it out. In doing so, he forgot his fears for a moment. Then he stopped and thought, I can't go on like this, he said to himself. The doctor is right. Let horrors and strong tea are not good for me. They just make me nervous. However, I'm all right now. He made himself around, milky drink, and sat down to work. Alarm bell began to ring softly at first, then more strongly. At the sound, they just looked up. A devilish angel spread across his face. His eyes burned like red jewels. Outside, there was a sudden, the opening cries of thunder. The judge raised his nose again, while the reds ran separately up and down the rope of the alarm bell. This time, instead of throwing the rope, the judge moved nearer to more and held the nose over. Moore was unable to move. He stood there like a stone pigeon. He let the judge's eyes find and the filiable rope against his neck. He felt the nose against his throat, 
Then the judge picked up the stiff body of the student in his arms. He carried him over to the great oak chair and stood him on it. Then, stepping up beside him, the judge put up his hand and caught the rope of the alarm bell. At his touch, the rats ran away, shrieking with fear. They deciphered through the hole in the ceiling. Then the judge took the end of the nose which was around Moore's neck. He tied it to the hanging bell rope. Then he climbed down and pulled away the chair. When the alarm bell of the judge's house began to ring, a crowd soon gathered. People come running with lanterns and torches, and soon hundreds of people were hurrying to the house. They knocked loudly at the door, but there was no reply. Then they broke down the door and pour it into the great dining room. The doctor was the first to reach more, but too late. There at the end of the bell rope hung the body of the student. The judge stared out once more from his picture, but on his face there was a smile of thrill. The end. Wow, this story makes me curious about the judge who killed it more. I have many questions in this story and want to know the real ending of this story. So what do you think about the story? Please share your talk or what you feel on the comment. Thanks for joining me for my second podcast. See you again on next podcast. I am Penny Octaviani, signing off.